0: Welcome to True Health Live, your favorite public health podcast. We are live on YouTube, Facebook, and audio on your favorite podcast platforms. If you're interested in public health, then this is the space for you. Greetings, everyone. I am Deidre, also known as Yaffe. Welcome to True Health Live. Um, as you come into the room, today it's about you know, really asking questions. Well, it's always about asking questions. If you have any, um, you know, things that you want to, like, hear about, and we'll do another show. Like, you know, I always talk about at the end. But, you know, it's always an open discussion. You know, as public health is an open topic, there's so many different things that we can get into. Um, But today, we're going to talk about, well, I am going to talk with you about um, community. So, we, the truth, what's the title? The truth about community and public health. And so, what that means is what was in my head when I was thinking of the title was Okay, well, what does it look like when a community um, has been successful at a public health initiative? Or, you know, what does it look like when a public health initiative is successful, you know, by some measure within the community? And usually in public health, that measure is, you know, done through research and evaluation. If we implement something we, you know, then evaluate how, what the outcomes are. How did it operate? Peace, Naya, welcome. We we evaluate what that looks like and, and it gives us like our measure of success, right? So getting into community and public health. And so, and please share what your thoughts are on community. I think we're live on three different channels. So as you type in your messages, I should be able to see all of them. Um, I'm going to make sure I'm, um, LinkedIn to LinkedIn so that I can see the messages, but I wanted to, um, start with like very basic definition of community, you know, and also feel free to share and put those in as well. You know, uh, don't look it up cause I already did and I'll get that, you know, what are your thoughts on community? You know, what do you think community is or what comes to mind when you think community or you can even share your Thoughts of the ideal community, right? Um, so as you're pouring those in, community according to Oxford, community is um, and most things, um, a lot, not most, but as we know, um, many words in the English language stem from um, the um, Germanic languages or Latin, right, in some way, shape, or form. Um, and commune, like commune, it means like together, gathering. So Um, in the simplest sense of the word, community is a group of people who um, live in the same area, like geographically um, live in the same area or they share a particular characteristic, right? And the characteristic could be um, uh, demographic, it could be ethnicity, it could be race. Um, So it's a, but they live, you know, together Um, or they are practicing, they have common practices. Um, and and they, they have that in common. So that could be um, culture, all right? And within culture sits many things. Culture sits religion, how we eat, how we work, how we play. So that's also community. Another definition, um, in addition to like people that live in the same area, and I'm giving this because you can live in the same area, you know, and not necessarily share the culture of your Community members, right? Or the people that live around you. And so then you have to think well, is it a real community? So I want us to like start really digging into what the word community means. And are we, you know, actually living that and moving within that word to the fullest as we think about how public health initiatives work in community? So, as I was saying, the other definition is. we that feeling of fellowship or people who fellowship with one another, um, and it results in common attitudes, intents, or goals. So in my mind, that's like a better definition of community. So when we think about like when we live in an apartment building, I've lived in two apartment buildings, and I can honestly say I didn't necessarily know my neighbors, not to even the point where I can go borrow a cup of sugar, you know, anything. If I met any of them, it would be because the power went out, because there was a storm, and everybody's out looking bewildered. Is your towel on? Is your power on? Or if something happened, you know, that affected us collectively. But did we necessarily know each other or share anything? No. And I would say the same thing for, like, the second building that I live in. I think I really, truly um had the longest conversation with my nearest neighbor. On the day that I moved out, she was very nice lady, <laughs> very nice lady. We would see each other from time to time. But I didn't know her from, as they say, a can of spray paint. And she did not know me from a can of spray paint. Um welcome Naya, welcome Akuya Bisa, peace, peace. Uh, peace, master, minute. Like peace, everyone. Thank you for showing up. Thank you for being here. So yes, I can honestly say I didn't know her. So then it's like, well, do we really have community? And so again, then it, it just becomes community when we have something that has affected us, whether positively or negatively, um, in some way, some some shared experience. Um, yet again, do we have? <laughs> okay yet again do we have those shared uh, intents or attitudes or goals right um, we may be um, in the same space but we didn't necessarily share any sort of culture or or commonality aside from living in the same area so I think it's important you know when we think about communities and we have so many different communities across the country across the globe right and we think community health centers like, these are places that are serving people who are living in an area and they do share something, you know maybe it's a chronic illness, maybe it's an unmet need. Um, so you know you'll have initiatives that serve the community to you know help to um, address unmet needs or help address health disparities because that's something common that they share. Yet sometimes there's always that missing there may be, I shouldn't say always there may be that missing link where we're not necessarily knowing really truly knowing our neighbors those neighborhoods you know they, they it's almost like a bygone era right and that's part i can say because i am of a certain age um but you don't necessarily know your neighbors anymore i remember growing up i knew the next door neighbors and the, the grandmother down the street and they knew my parents and it was a whole different way um and now not necessarily so much um in the same way that it was then so yeah So those are the definitions of community, either like you live in the same place and you share common, um, practices, or maybe you share common characteristics, but these things are not, um, guaranteed, um, or it can be people who are, um, sharing, um, a particular, particular attitude, intents, and goals, you know, they fellowship with one another quite like Anu, right? So that also a community um, in, in that form, you don't necessarily need to even be in the same physical space. It's great when you are, but if it's about attitudes, intents, and feelings, um, not feelings, attitudes, intents, and goals, then you're not necessarily need to be in the same space. Think about, um, you know, even on here, like on LinkedIn, on one of these platforms, all these platforms, there's community groups, there's, um, you know, groups and clubs that people start. And this is because there is a commonality about goals, intents, and attitudes. So sometimes, you know, this is how you have people who start like whole relationships, whether romantically or not, but whole relationships with people online because there's some sort of shared commonality. And they might have closer relationships with people that are physically closest to them. So that physical and geographic area doesn't always have a full, the fullest view of community. But anyway... What makes it work? Because, you know, when we talk about public health initiatives, that is really talking about that physical um, and geographical area and how people share communities. And, um, you know, so we've gone over the meeting, you know, meaning of community and what we're talking about. And so I want to talk about, um, how we get to that avenue of public health. You know, we, we discussed a little bit about community health centers, like, you know, what they are and what they do. Um, but what is community health and what is, and what is public health and how do they intersect, right? So that idea of community health is really about like the collective well-being of the people. Who live in that physical geographical area in that space. Remember, as I said, like maybe the, the intent is to address a you know a pervasive chronic illness. You know, um, we talk about a lot about social determinants of health, and this is really where they start. I mean, truly, they start in the home, but your home is located in your community, right? Or that geographical area where you live. So social determinants of health start there. It really is um, you know, the the genesis. Of social determinants of health, and that community health piece and can also be seen as um almost grassroots right like that grassroots um application or addressing of health concerns and health disparities right, and then how it fits into public health um which is you know where I came from is you know an example of that is. Really thinking about okay, like well, how much funding? What kind of funding can we give to this particular neighborhood or this community center or this organization that services this particular community to see if we can address maternal and child health? You know, we know that a big issue um, in this country is the maternal health, especially amongst um, Black women, African American women, and women of color. And the mortality and morbidity rates of babies and mothers, you know, in that realm. And so, um, a lot of work has been put forth in bringing that to light. So part of that is like, well, let's put money to that, and we will raise awareness, increase education. You know, there's a push for it. We need to have more um, physicians and doctors that look like the people that they're serving, so that there is a related um, um, a relation to having a there's, they have a relation to a lived experience or a shared experience um, that they may have. You know, you look like me. So maybe there's something that we can um, communicate and connect on that I may not be able to connect on that someone who does not look like me um, can do or understand, right? So that's one way in how we can connect those avenues or from public health to community health and vice versa, right? And again, as I said, how do we know it works? So then we look at like what the outcomes of uh, the outcomes are. Do we have an increase of, um, a decrease it should be. Do we have a decrease in um, more morbidity rates? Are we having less women and less babies dying? That would mean that there was some success, but it just doesn't come from throwing money at it, right? There has to be, and money does help. Don't get me wrong. So I don't want any of the nonprofits to come after me. Throw money at it at the same time. There has to be um, a plan on using it, you know. So, how do we educate the community members, you know, um, who are going to be the recipients of this funding? You know, what does that program look like? Um, does it include education? And then, when it, when we do that, how do we engage them? Is there some meaningful way that we are providing the products or services where the community does uh, feel? Uh, empowered and they feel like they are part of the decision making? Or is it just more people who have no connection to the community, have not really researched the characteristics of that community um, and the people that live there, and, you know, providing a service? So those are two that those are, you know, the different ways in which we have to think about, like, how we you know, connect the public health to the community health. Um, And also, you know, I gave you some ways in how it works. Like, we know that if we educate that we engage in a meaningful way where it's relevant and the you know the people who are providing the education and the services, you know, look like and can relate to the people in the community, whether it be because um, you know, and, and it doesn't always have to be look like, but if they came from the community, there's that common shared experience. They know what it's like to live in that community, they know what you know experience they they've had, and they may vary, but there's a shared commonality, right? That togetherness. So Those are some ways that they're successful. Um, And again, even if you don't necessarily come from that community, ways that it's successful or can be successful, how public health initiatives can be successful, is really looking at the characteristics of that community um, and learning about them and not just like going in. So this going in and like, okay, we're going to provide this. And that really makes sense and key, especially if you're a public health student um, looking into um, working in community health, really get to know the community that you're in. Um, it's, it's, it, it's almost, it's almost rude. Not even almost, it's rude, you know, coming in and, you know, with a savior complex, regardless of what you look like, because, uh, and I'll share a story after, but, you know, regardless of what you look like, um, you can look like the people in that community, but if you don't come from there, you don't necessarily have an idea Um, any idea of what it is to be there, grow up there live there, you know, and experience life, you know, through that process. Right. So if you come in and like, I got all these things and I'm going to help, I want to help, but you never took any time to learn or involve people who come from that community in your process, then it doesn't work. And then it's just disrespectful. So the story that I was going to share, and this is an an example of public health um, initiative, moving into community and it, and it had its things. And so, and for purposes of this, you know, really being something that actually was involved in and included organizations and agencies, I will not mention names. However, I did, um, one of the projects that I worked on, um, was a film. We're making a documentary and, um, and I'll get to the chat. We're making a documentary and this documentary had, what I will do is talk about the information that was public. The documentary was, um, and the truth is if you do a little digging you can figure it out who's who but the documentary was about um housing right so a few years ago the united states department of housing and urban development they mandated that public housing authorities go smoke free and i've never lived in public housing um and i didn't necessarily have um A lot of people who live in public housing in my circle, Um, and especially when we're talking about, like, the current, right, because things change over time. So when we were talking about this documentary and thinking about, okay, well, what does this look like? There's certain things that's like, I want to do this, and I want to do that. This is me thinking, like, I want to do this, and I want to do that, and, you know, this is going to be a really difficult lift, and I'm going to help them, you know. And the idea is like, yeah, you'll you'll help this, you know, specific housing agency in this city. But what about the people who live there? What about the residents? And I want to say like, you know, the, the residents, but the people who live there, you know, how does this affect them? And you're making this documentary. So the best thing to do is like, well, maybe we should talk to the people that live there. And not only that, work with them, you know, see what groups they have that would be interested in working with you in making this documentary right? Because that's even a way if we can like provide some sort of give back. And in the community that I'm in, and I knew we always talk about reciprocity, right? And reciprocity is not something where it's like, you know, an equal exchange and that, you know, whatever I, you give to me, I give it back to you in the same way. It's really like the exchange itself and like the energy behind it. It's never going to be exactly the same because now like, All my essence is all over whatever you gave me. And maybe I used it a little bit. So it's not going to be whatever it is. So it's not going to be given back to you in the same way, right? So, you know, how can I, you know, how can I make this? I was thinking, how can I make this a reciprocal exchange and really involve them? So this particular housing authority had a youth program. And so I was like, you know, maybe there are youth who are interested in filmmaking. So we worked with one of their youth groups in an area Um, in this city and, um, we really, uh, took them on and like, you know, had them work with like the contractors and the filmmakers we hired. They learned about like the boom mics, you know, the best way to film on a phone and how to make, you know, how to make a film you know, they actually conducted the interviews of all the, you know, hati-tati, um, executives, you know, that had to give commentary for this documentary. And they also gave commentary. They involved their families. Um, Because they lived on this uh, housing authority on one of the campuses in this housing authority, because it was like a small city, the population um, in and of itself. And um, they were a part of that. And um, when we finished the project, it was really successful. Right, the project, and I'm specifically saying the project, and it's still being used as an educational piece to this day, you know, for people. I think they're still at this point like working on evaluation to see how successful it is, right? Because you you know, in order to, you know, gauge like how successful, you know, a certain implementation um is, you have to kind of, you know, ask some questions and see like how it's worked and how things have changed for people. So I want to point in specifically to this one part. Of you know a public health initiative. So the initiative was to have people go smoke free and not smoke in their homes. Um, so one part of that education was making a documentary so that people can learn more about like what is what is it going to mean for me to go smoke free and how do my neighbors and other people who live um, within this um, housing group think about it? You know you know do they have the same thoughts as me? What are their fears? What are their opinions? So it was really important to to do that and include. And, then we, and another reason why I'm sharing this story is because I remember speaking with an elected official at the time. And again, I am not mentioning names. Um, and I was explaining to this person, like, you know, okay, what were we what we were doing. And she looked at me and she asked, like, so do you live or have you ever lived in, you know, this place? And I looked at her and I said, no. And I said, and that's why we involved. It was really important for me to involve people who live here and hear from them how it, you know, the best way to get this information out there so you know it really would behoove any community health worker or aspiring community health worker or public health student to learn the community because even if you don't it can come back to bite you and that almost came back to bite me. so if i had gone with you know the first mind was like okay well i have this money to spend and i'm gonna throw it at and i'm gonna throw it out um but I'm just going to make this and not even involve the people who it would, it actually concerns that would have been like, you know, like big mistake, big mistake. And, you know, even thinking back on it, hindsight, um, had I had more funding and more time, I would have involved more people, you know? Um, but again, it's really important to involve the people that are there because it shows that there's a respect for, um, what you're not only what you're doing because um, it's about like quality work so not only are you respecting like what your profession and your craft is there's a respect of the people that you claim that you want to help so those are some of the the things that make community public health initiatives successful in communities or communities successful in public health so I'm going to go to the chat again and if you're on LinkedIn I'm going to try to get to LinkedIn to see because I don't know I don't think the comments are coming up here um. Yeah, can't post to some destinations. So, um, peaceably so She says another way to know if there are good, there are good outcomes of an implemented plan is to ask those in the community. Exactly, and you can do that. Through um, pre and post um, in interventions or surveys, you know what, what what are some of the thoughts and feelings and, and, and stats and statistics. You know what's happening now. Like so, if you're looking at like you know the prevalence of diabetes, like you know so you take a take a take a fitness test of like what's happening, and then when the program, whatever your program is implemented, maybe it's like learning how to um, eat healthy. So you start from like identifying what healthy foods are um, learning how to shop and not even like learning how to shop, but also do people have access to healthy foods? Do they have access to the place that places that give them healthy foods? Do they know like what nutrients and and what things are in certain foods so that they can shop, you know, in a way that is beneficial to them and their families. Right. And and then how they're preparing foods, And not only that, looking at the larger community, is it a food swamp? Are there more, um, Fast food and junk food um, um, establishments. Then there are places to get healthy food. Are people having the the finances? You know, what's the economy like? Do people have the finances to afford the healthy food? Because we know that fitness and health is a really big industry, and so the things in it they're expensive. And so a lot of people are priced out. So it's more than just like, you know, we want to make sure that diabetes is reduced. Okay, well, there are a lot of things that need to be addressed. What's in the community? What what, what things are available in the community? Do people have access? Do they know how to access them? Do they know where they are? And then, you know, how can we um, reduce the prevalence of pervasive, like unhealthy food? So that's like all of that. And that's just like a few little examples. Of, you know what has to happen and then once you're done and it's, and that kind of thing takes that happens over time so let's say you know what once you're done it's like okay what is the the prevalence of diabetes now and that's how you can see if like you know things work and, you know you'll take um different steps and and you'll take tests at different steps and stages of your process um peace us uh, see you care Eden. peace 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 um, Master, I, I don't know what you're laughing at, Eclia. You just put it in the chat. I don't know. Maybe I said something. Um, Master Minelix says that level of ego reminds me of '90s films where a teacher from outside community comes to sit. I think there was two like that. Um, this is funny because I I posted a video re- recently. It got like 1,500 likes and 40 something views, and I posted um. Something else after it, I was like, let me let this ride the coattails because we're talking about health care and people want to know about health. I got like four likes. I'm like, what is going on? The, the bots, can they see the actual video? Anyways, um, but the, the original song in that video was from the film that you're referencing, but it doesn't look like that. But just a side note for those of you who follow me on Instagram. Um, that was a little secret plug. So that level of ego reminds me of '90s films where a teacher from outside community comes to save the school or at-risk youth, as though no one from that community has any level of care or confidence. Right? It's the, the savior complex, you know. And you don't have to, like I said, you don't have to be um, a different um, from a different race or ethnic group to have that savior complex. Right? So you know, we all have to like measure you know, that egoic response and what that looks like. And like I said, it's very important to, you know, really respect um, the people who are actually part of a given community um, and learn the characteristics and what's really needed. And, you know, it's and when I say that, because a lot of times what happens in in communities, we do uh, public health, we do needs assessments, right? And needs assessments, they can be easy because, you know, depending on what it is, you're looking at health stats, you're looking at data. And a lot of times this data is collected by the local health departments who have the funding, you know, and capacity to do some of these things. So you can get all this information and say, okay, this is what's needed. But again, there may be people who are already doing that work, but because they don't have the resources and the access that you do coming from a big company or having funding, they don't, you know, they don't have the the, the capacity to have like a big, you know, make a big noise about like what they're doing. So you have to, like, literally go out, like, sometimes on your feet and see what's happening. You know, who's who's who in which community, right? Um, part of some of the work that I did when I was doing tobacco was, you know, you have to not only make connections with the elected officials because the ultimate goal is policy change, right? That's where public health comes in. You know, the community health is making sure that, um, you know, the community has, like, a... a, a it's, it's wellness, you know, everybody has, you know, the access and the means to wellness. And again, this is where our social determinants of health uh, come from. But then when you add in that public health component, that's also um, kind of bringing in government, right? Thinking about uh, what funding can we have, you know, larger government. And and when I say larger, I don't necessarily mean just federal just government in general. So it can be local, it can be state, it can be federal. You know, what funding is coming from these places that we can use to help you know, a specific community. And sometimes the funding is a result of legislation, which is a result of different advocacy efforts. So they all feed into one another. Um, But yes, like, you know, you really have to, you you know, go out and be on the ground. And so, like I was saying, like the idea of, you know, not only having relationships with elected officials or policymakers who have the ultimate power to make the change or say, like, OK, give this money or someone who is a philanthropist and there's, you know, different foundations. But really looking at who are the influential members of a community, because they're going to be your greatest allies and assets as well, because these are the people who have the ear of those or ears only have more than one, it's more than one more than one person. They have the ears of those who are, um, within that geographical area. So, you know, this is how you, you know, get the, the love of the people. But again, it should also be genuine. I should say that, you know, um, a lot of people, they can smell you coming a mile away if it's not genuine. Um, I'm moving through these chat. That is called a community assessment. Absolutely. Yes. Um, right you know there's different stats and things yes it was cool yes um different stats of community assessment um yes a visa says you won't give up the deets of certain organizations i think <laughs> i'm not giving them up. like i said if you dig a little you can figure it out because it's not necessarily my 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 resume is not necessarily um private but again i'm not saying it out loud um what you're speaking to reminds me of how important it is to have a sustainable community where all resources are available within it. Absolutely. So this goes back to what I was saying before. Like, you know, um, yes, what makes communities successful is like when there's a, a genuine invested interest, when you're involving those who um, uh, live in that community. So there's not only the education, but the, the genuine engagement um, so that they're empowered in a way so that when you're gone, there's sustainable actions that they can do on their own right that's that empowerment um and when you have the resources that are available so that also means so that's kind of akin to when we're talking about the maternal and child health we need more doctors that look like black women and i'm just gonna say it just like that and so that even goes back to like how are medical schools accepting students? You know, what is what is the, the ratio, you know? And not even that, how are schools, uh, you know, elementary schools and high schools or charter schools or whatever, you know, how are they encouraging uh, students to go into STEM uh, careers, you know? This is how you get more doctors, right, that look like you and not having to kind of like go out of wherever it is you live to, to find somebody you know that's you know that's good you know uh, because those resources and and people are resources They're human resources so those will be they will be resources or even you will be a resource within your own community that even goes back to like the reciprocity so and i was i was on my walk today I went for it wasn't even like a little walk. It was like seven point something miles. I've miscalculated. Fitbit was wrong. They did me dirty. When I really went back and looked at it, I was like, oh, this is, that's why I took so long. But anyways, as I was on my walk, um, I, was being, I was listening to a book and it, it, the story was going on and it made me think of, um, and I was like thinking about like today's discussion. It was just, like, I was reminded of um, Kennedy. Ask not what you can do for your country, what what your country can do for you, but what you can do for your country. Right. And I was like, you know, you could just switch that to community. Ask not what your community can do for you, but what can you do for your community? Right. And that's that idea of reciprocity. Not just coming into a space and like, all right, what am I going to get out of this? But what are you going to get? And that's, you know, to, to your care Eden's point, you know, resources being available within it. So when you're moving into a space, what is it that you're also bringing? Not thinking about like what you're getting out of it. Because let's think even how we move. Oh, I'm going to go here because it's good schools. I'm going to get, I got a good job and, you know, um, it's safer and da, 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 da But how are you going to maintain those things that you really like? right? Or add to it. Even as professionals, you know, um, one of the things that I thought was really smart, I heard someone say, and I made that, you know, what I, you know, how I approach a given project or task is like, make it better than when you found it, you know? So when you leave, it's better. And for someone else to grow it, um, or not, depending on who's hired, but, you know, it makes it better. So that's really thinking about like, you know, being a resource within the space that you're in. So Sovereign Eve says A peace, Babarine. Welcome, welcome. Um, She says, um, everyone is so valuable to consult those on the receiving end and also look at the way different demographics and age groups engage with what is offered and where their values lie. I'm going to read that again because I got a little lost. Um, It's so valuable to consult those on the receiving end. Yeah, I don't know. I think I was just reading (laughs) It's an inside joke. It was just words. Just words were happening. Um, it's so valuable to consult those on the receiving end and also look at the way different demographics and age groups engage with what is offered um, and where their values lie, including age group, including age groups. Absolutely. Um, and when you mention age age groups, that goes into like population health, right? Where population health is really um, outcomes based on a specific population because you can even have populations within a community because that population to be seniors right um or youth so there's so many organizations that have youth programs right or they'll have a program for seniors because they realize they understand that these are different populations and groups within a community you know you can you know drill down to the smallest right um even the idea of like the you know maternal and child health like you know, so this is a program specifically for pregnant mothers. This is a program specifically for families. You know, this is a, a we're giving a diaper bank. So if you're a single person with a dog, you're not going to go to the diaper bank. That's not your ministry, that population, you're not in that population. So like, so there's even like, you know, segregated or separate populations within a community and, you know, programs that are needed to just address what their, what their needs are or what's unmet. Um when, uh Hikurian says when one is foreign to a community or its needs, there's an inherent lack of connection or even understanding that can be detrimental to those you're trying to help. Absolutely. So um this goes back to like even you know, when I was like in front of the elected official, you know, um If she thought that, you know, there wasn't any, and you know, the truth is maybe she did think it, you know, I thought the meeting went well, but the truth is maybe she did because it wasn't necessarily like, um, a connection. So, um, we were able to meet and talk about the things that we're doing, um, which was really good, you know, to, to get her ear, but then was there movement afterwards? Not necessarily. So it may not have been bad in a place where I was able to say we involved the community, but it wasn't necessarily, um, good because there's this idea like we're not really here to help. Right. Um, how are you, how are you helping? Um, you know, how has that helped anyone? Um, even if, you know, people were involved, like how has, have you helped? Um, so it can be seen as detrimental, you know, to, to individuals. Now the the task that was being promoted it was actually like a mandate from the federal government. So it wasn't like something we came up with and like, okay, you know, it's like, well, how can we, you know, at least give people an outlet to say what they're thinking. Right. Um, but yes, it can be detrimental because you don't necessarily know. So then you might embark on a, Oh, well I'm going to do, um, you know, let's go back to like the diabetes example. Um, I'm going to, we're going to get a place to give coupons to, uh, this particular supermarket um, so that they can so that people can buy like, you know, this healthy food. Right. So here are, like some inherent problems in that. Can people actually get to this supermarket? Right. Like so for the population that you're serving is transportation, you know you know, um, available. And it's, and even that like simple as something as simple, simple, something as simple as transportation, like, and I'll say like, even in a large city, like New York city, this I'll say like New York city, um, that has like one of the, you know, most complex, uh, transit systems in the world. There are areas in boroughs that are transportation deserts where you cannot get to or from, Unless um, it's a bus or, you know, an automobile, like the trains don't necessarily go that far. And even in some cases, depend you have to, you're you're dependent on the start and end times of the bus route. So, and if you don't have a car, that's an issue. You know, yeah, there's Uber and all that, but those things cost money. So you have to really think, like, what well, can people get there? So New York City does have in place, like... Um, the farmers markets and things like that. But even like, um, I remember like during the pandemic, it wasn't necessarily the easiest things people had like sur, like health bucks in surplus because they weren't able to necessarily get to the farmers markets that were open. So like, these are, you know, an issue. So we're talking about like nutrition and reducing certain things that like you have to kind of think through, um, some of those things, another, another example of, you know, how, um you know the lack of connection or understanding could you know be detrimental like using the same example is um so you have like the transportation issue okay well what happens when you know the store can no longer afford to do, you know, because you you know you pick this like great supermarket. What happens when the store can no longer afford to provide like these coupons to so many people if they're able to even get there, right? So it's not sustainable. So you really didn't look into anything sustainable. And those are just like small examples. And and please feel free to like, you know, give examples or share stories where you've had a successful or maybe not so successful um intervention or initiative with the community. Um shalom Ramik, shalom, shalom, shalom. So um that's what i wanted to say um i'm gonna check really quick on linkedin because like i said i don't think i'm seeing the comments on linkedin um but i don't think there are any um but i really thank all of you for coming i just wanted to have this like really quickly no there are no comments on linkedin okay but um good thanks for all of you who have joined And, um, but I just wanted to share that, like, you know, the importance of, you know, public health initiatives in community health and, you know, share different ways in which they, you know, have worked or can work and really think about like community, right? Because we we like to throw around words like a lot and community, I won't say it, it, it means something different. Well, it can mean something different for different people. Right. Yeah. It can mean something different for different people. It's not just, you know, the place where you live. Because like I said, you can live in a place and not even know your neighbor, but you're lumped in as like being part of this community because you share a, a geographic space. You share a common space, but you necessarily don't, you know, share much other than that. So when we're thinking of initiatives and interventions, you know, as individuals, we should really think about the communities that we're in. And when we share like the culture and attitude, because then when we have interventions that are needed, those resources can actually come from within and not have to rely on outside sources. Don't get me wrong. Like I said, oh, bring on the money. But if you are, you know, within your space and you make it even like insular, you know, your doctors come from the same community. So you have that. You have like your accountants, you have that. And you have, um, you know, your advocates like me, you have that. So if we're all coming from the same space, that means we're moving at the same um, tempo. We're moving in the same direction. So when we think about community health, let's think about like trying to get it into that mode where we're come where the community actually is the origin point of having some of these public health initiatives. And they're not necessarily coming from the outside um, because then uh, that also makes things be able to move quicker right? Because you already have your program coordinators, your people who are going to know like how something needs to be implemented. You already have your program managers. You have, you know, the, the the operational specialists. You have all those people within that area and you don't, you're not waiting on an organization that got some money to like hire up people to start it a year after they got the grant. I'm just saying. So, I give thanks for everyone who came into the space. Make sure you like, share, subscribe. A few housekeeping rules before we leave. I also work with Anu Life Life Global Ministries and we do have Red Wrap. Red Wrap is focusing on menstrual health and hygiene education and products, giving them to unsheltered women and girls. We've also moved into working with um, schools and community groups in underserved areas. So this coming, uh, coming in a few strong, few weeks, um, November 3rd, we'll be working with East Flatbush Village, which is an organization, a nonprofit that works with at-use risk, at-risk youth in communities. And we'll be um, having a workshop, facilitating a workshop with young girls. So donations of menstrual hygiene products are always appreciated. We gladly receive them. You can send them to the East Flatbush Village at um, between October 3rd. Um, to October 31st. That's when we'll be collecting the donations. And you can send them to East Flatbush Village, attention, Ron London, at 1011 Utica Avenue, Brooklyn, New York, 11203. Again, that's 1011 Utica Avenue, Brooklyn, New York, 11203. Um, Also, some housekeeping rules. Um, We are also, um, I'm also involved in Unlead Global Ministries, Womb Room. So we will be having, um, actually coming up after this, um, our Anu Womb um, initiative, our Anu ministry is having menstruation the righteous way. So we're talking about menstruation and that's going to be premiered today, this evening at 8.30, so in about 40 minutes. Um, Please join us on YouTube on Anulet Global Ministries channel, YouTube. It'll be premiering. Um, We'll be answering questions live. The chat will be live, so everyone should join. If you have questions. Um, episode one is this week and episode two is next week can I put the address in the description yes I will so I will put the address in the description um, on YouTube and Facebook um, for the um, donations also if you have questions about donations kind of talking going making um, turning, rewinding if you have questions about Red Wrap you can visit org slash redwrap and you can, or you can email redwrap at Again, you can email redwrap at um, And again, all the instructions of the types of products needed. We're actually making um, special packages for these girls because they're actually going to be mainly under the age of 13. So this is really a talk about menarchy. Menarchy is the beginning of the menses for girls who are becoming women. So they actually don't get like the regular red wrap bag. They get what we call our red wrap blossom box, red wrap blossom box, which will be filled with all these little goodies for a young girl who's first starting her period. So we want panties, panty liners, um, um, pads, um, tied sticks are helpful or any kind of detergent stick um, deodorant, body wash, you know, you can make them travel size or full size, whatever your heart's desire. And we're going to be making these blossom boxes for these young girls, um, for something that they can enjoy, um, when they have their first period. Um, so we talked about the red wrap. We talked about, um, the menstruation premiere, menstruation, the righteous way coming up. We're really going to be, um, talking about menstruation and, um, scripture, how it's viewed in scripture you know, what is clean, what is unclean. So join us there on Annaleth Focus channel. Um, and I think that's all the housekeeping rules. Oh, more housekeeping. Make sure you rate the podcast. So this is not only a live show. True Health Live is also a podcast that's broadcast on many different platforms. We're on Spotify. We're on um, Apple Podcasts. We're on Google Podcasts. We're on Pandora. We're on Stitcher and something else. So make sure you go and um, uh, review put a review in and, you know, again, we all, I look at everything. So I'll definitely be looking at it and we will um, always accept like suggestions. If there's something that you really want to talk about, if you're a public health professional that wants to just come on and share your two cents or more, you know, we're definitely open to interviews and having guest co-hosts. So, um, a clear says, thank you. I'm learning the importance of public and community health a way of your organization. Give thanks. Um, Naya, thank you. Oh, good, good, good. Also, If you have it right, slinks over to Spotify. Um, Make sure you go back and check some of our previous shows. There's a lot of gems being dropped, especially like last month's show. We had uh, Wikimedian on. I learned what a Wikimedian was. So the point of um, True Health Live is to talk about the truth, you know, true, true topics in public health. And sometimes that means, you know, uncomfortable things, but also making sure that we walk away with something that we learned that we may not have known before um so thank you um everyone give thanks yes thank you for the build and we will see you next time i don't know if that's going to be in two weeks or next month but we'll see you next time (laughs) peace everyone